How's it going, guys? We're here with the 50th episode of Fear Frequency. And for our new listeners, it's a weekly horror podcast where George and I go through the news and review a movie or two. George, we made it through 50 episodes. Yeah, somehow somehow we made it. Did you like how fast I said that? <laughs> We're getting good at it now. That's, that's a oh. sign of 50 episodes under our belt. Well... Like, the intro for, like, new listeners is important, obviously, because they're new listeners. They got to, like, you know, get eased into the show. But this is the 50th episode, so that took precedence over the easing them in, in my mind. <laughs> I think that was fair. Well, yeah, now now they know that we're so far in that we're professionals at this point. Yeah, unlike the fear frequency, who <laughs> suck. <laughs> so how's it going, George? Good, man. How you been? Oh, great. I got a new car today. Nice. How's that going? uh great it's fucking awesome it's so much better than my old car i love it it's just it's great anyways guys we're coming at you live this week from the welsh islands (laughs) i didn't realize i forgot where apostle was taking place that threw me off we have a bunch of news about freddy upcoming fear fest schedule and some strange friday the 13th stuff to talk about but george i think we have a bunch of itunes reviews this week uh, yeah, we got two new ones. So uh, the first one is from Jody Bart, and it says, uh, one of my favorite podcasts. This is by far the best horror news podcast out there. It's an, What's awesome is that Jimmy and George not only talk about horror movies, but also mention TV shows and even video games. Because of these guys, I've found new horror stuff to watch and even created an account to shutter. Keep up the great work. So thank you very much, Jody. Jory. That Jordy. was awesome. Thank you so much. Jordy? Jordy. What is it? Jordy Bart. <laughs> Jordy. Thank you. We got your name right. After <laughs> Took a us while. a couple tries, but that you, you explained basically what we were going for with the show. So I really appreciate that. That was awesome of you to leave us a review. I appreciate it greatly. Uh, then I got one more uh, from Brian from the Blood Buddies, who says 100% love what's been discussed, and y'all have some great guests. I can tell that this is a show made by horror fans for horror fans. So thank you, Brian. Yeah, that was also very good. Well, dude, we're getting these great reviews. And the reason that we needed the reviews this week was because the people who were kind of like going after a little bit now, the fi- the Fear Frequency who took our name, they review bombed us. So it helps even more if you leave us a five-star review. So thank you, guys. That no, was really, really kind of you. It. Very honest and from the heart. <laughs> and that's exactly what we wanted. But before we get into the show, I'm <laughs> Sounds like he's dying over at Head So we have a Halloween alert, George. Yes, we do. Um, so, uh, the the movie's out. It's it's been out for everyone for almost a week now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Did you see it um, this weekend again? Yeah, I went on Friday, and did you notice that there were a couple scenes added since we saw it? It did seem a little bit longer. It felt like there were a couple different scenes, and I thought that was kind of weird. But they weren't like bad or anything. I just thought it's no, it was still weird great. That it was I absolutely like loved slightly it. Slightly different. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys missed it, we did a review of the whole movie, like a whole episode just on the new movie a couple weeks ago, and it was pretty funny. Like I thought the numbers were low on it when we when we released it. I was like, ah, they're a little bit lower than usual, and. As soon as the movie was out, it was like, boom, skyrocketed through the roof. (laughs) So people were just waiting. They didn't want anything spoiled, which I completely understand. But the movie's out. And the coolest thing about it is that it has a 91.8 million global box office opening, which is insane. Uh, That's a lot of money, dude. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty huge. It wasn't able to beat uh, Venom. But uh, so dumb. Like, how the <laughs> fuck did Venom make as much money as it did? I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> that set the new October record. I was really fingers crossed, hoping that Halloween was gonna break it, at, like a week after. But I thought uh, Venom was gonna fail because it 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 never looked good. Like it started out looking bad, and then it looked bad, and then it looked bad. It was never like it wasn't like the Predator. Where it was like, oh, this trailer sucks, but then the second trailer was sick, and then the third one was even better. Right. You know? It just like always looked shitty. <laughs> so that pisses me off. I wish Halloween could take that record. But hey, it made a lot of money. Pretty much guarantees a sequel. That's what counts here. Yeah, it's the highest grossing uh, Halloween movie in the whole franchise. And I think in its opening weekend, it made more money than one of the movies like maybe the rob zombie one 
It made oh Rob Zombies had the highest before. It was like thirty seven million in the first weekend, eighty million total. So it's the highest grossing Halloween movie for sure by a lot. Already, which Already. is pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. Even with inflation, I still think it's it's up there. So uh yeah, I'm excited about that. It's a great movie. I mean, I've seen some people who don't like it just because it's like strong female characters and it's like I am just not on board with that. Like, go you're you're watching Halloween wrong if you think that's a new thing. Honestly, like I don't know what reality you've been living in for the past forty years. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of it was that Lori was a, a heroine. You know, she wasn't just like a victim. Yeah, I haven't seen too much of that. Um, I have seen a couple people say that it's not quite what they were expecting, and they were a bit disappointed with it. But I loved it and. I'm probably going to go try to see it again this weekend for a third time. I don't know how it wasn't what people were expecting since they showed the entire movie in the trailers. Yeah, yeah. This one really did spoil quite a like, bit. A lot of the third act, A big act, chunk of the third act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how is this not exactly what you're thinking? Like, all right, whatever. So dumb. But that's good that it made a ton of money. And something new we're trying this week. We have a Discord server now. Uh, if you don't use Discord, it's basically like the coolest chat app ever. George and I have used it to record this show from the beginning. Like we've been on Discord. We use it when we play games. We have a Fear Frequency server. So if you want an invite to that, it's over on our Twitter. It's very easy to find. It's in the description of my two newest videos. Uh, we're trying to get partnered, but the the rec- prerequisites for that are pretty insane. So I'm trying to figure that out currently. Um but for now, just get the link that way and you'll be invited in. The first thing you should do is mute the spoiler group, the channel. It's very easy. You just right-click it and click mute channel uh, because obviously there's spoilers in there for a bunch of horror movies, not just Halloween. But something we're trying this week is we have a listener questions channel. So every week before the show, I'll call out and ask for listener questions. So we're going to work them into the show and tie them into the news stories. So Jarrett James asked, do we think... With the success of the new Halloween, will it help to possibly bring back the more iconic monsters for the future? So, what I'm assuming he means is the universal monsters, right, George? Like Dracula and the mummy and the invisible man and stuff? I think if that's the case, if we're talking old school universal monster stuff, I think if that dark universe is even still a thing, um, you know, there's a lot of back and forth about if that's even going to exist. Uh, I don't think this is really going to help that situation out at all. I think that's still going to be pretty much dead in the water. Yeah. Um, But if he's talking about iconic, like, 80s villains, the Freddies, Jasons, all that, I think they could come back. Leatherface, I mean, I I think this... Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I think definitely that could uh, spark a lot of interest for studios to try to bring back some of those big franchises to try to get these massive openings like this one just did but yeah like why not right right. at this point just throw something at the wall and see what sticks i mean uh i don't i don't think the dark universe is going to come back i think those classic universal monsters i think they'd be dumb to try at this point because they tried with the wolfman they did dracula untold then they were like those don't those aren't part of the mythology they came out the mummy that did terribly johnny depp is the invisible man which like (laughs) casting him is just stupid at this point angelina jolie backed out of being a bride of frankenstein like that's a mess i don't, I don't think halloween making money really has any bearing on that being a thing no i think also when you universal's making so much money off of blumhouse they've got like happy death day i think universal did truth or dare like basically every original ip from blumhouse ends up at universal anyway so i think we'll get more blumhouse movies from universal yeah, I think that makes total sense. Um, they're making their money off different horror movies, and they, I think it'd be foolish to throw more money into the Dark Universe when it proves that it's not uh, what audiences want, and it doesn't make as big of a profit as these Blumhouse movies that are making huge dollars. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, do I think the Universal Monsters are coming back? No. Do I think Freddy and Jason and Leatherface are coming back? We'll talk about that in a little <laughs> bit. Thanks for submitting a question, Jarrett games james games 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 jared games <laughs> sorry i said it wrong the first time so next thing on here is that uh, NECA put out a full gallery of their michael myers figure which i mean everything else hit the 
October 19th release date. Why couldn't they <laughs> wait till November for this? It's like, great. But the images look cool. Yeah, it looks like a cool figure for sure. Um, it has uh, a couple little things. It has two heads, knife, hammer, jack-o'-lantern, interchangeable hands. So it's a pretty full-fledged little toy. And NECA usually figures are pretty high quality. So I'm excited for this. I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to pick it up. Is the jack-o'-lantern light up? It's like lit it up is in, the in that promo shot. I don't know if that'll be <laughs> lit up in the real one. I think that might just be movie magic, some uh, photo editing. But that would be cool if it did light up. I thought this was supposed to come with the jack-o'-lantern head. I do remember us talking about that. I'm not oh. sure. I don't see that in any of the promo shots. I don't either, but okay, that's cool. <laughs> but it's a cool figure, and NECA toys are usually fairly cheap, so I'll probably pick one up just to leave it on my desk. I won't. I'm joking. I already <laughs> pre-ordered one on Big Bad Toy Store. It's like 25 bucks. So I was like, hell yeah. He's going to sit next to overly mus- <laughs> weirdly muscular Michael Myers. Yeah, that guy's a real shit. He <laughs> never answers me when I talk to him. Uh, but next on here, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross last year, we talked about this. They put out... Um, their version of the Halloween theme, which is fucking sick. It's getting a vinyl release, and it features their version of the song on one side and Carpenter's anthology version of the track on the other, which is basically just like the Halloween score, but like updated, right. like the, the theme song. And it comes in orange vinyl and black vinyl. I'm not going to buy this, but it's very cool. Like that track is awesome. I'm just like, I'm not into the idea of buying a two song vinyl. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, maybe <laughs> if it was. Uh, an extra track on the 2018 soundtrack or something like the original like the real soundtrack i think that'd be a cool addition but i don't i don't know if people would really buy this specifically for like just two songs you know what i mean yeah but it's a cool yeah i I do think that track is really good and it's uh actually a really good take on the original theme so i like it um it is in my spotify playlist but i'm i'm not gonna buy a vinyl just to, to listen to it on that Right. I, what I end up doing usually is I take the vinyl out of the package and then frame it. <laughs> the package. Yeah. Like, and I, uh, I'm pretty content with what I have on my wall now. So I think I'm, I think I'm good. You're but good it is now. cool. <laughs> yeah. So that remember that Halloween three steelbook I pre-ordered in like January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I completely forgot about. It came this week and I forgot that Scream Factory does this. But if you get the if you pre-order from them a lot of these things. And it's a steel book or it's a special art book or art cover for the DVD or Blu-ray. They give you a full-size poster oh, of the art. Nice. So I got this awesome Halloween 3 poster. It's a wide one. Oh, my God. It's so cool. So I'm going to get that framed and throw that up on the wall. Um, I have enough posters to take the spot to fill the same space that my giant Annabelle creation one is filling. <laughs> so I can put like a couple there. Yeah. That's my plan. This means nothing to you guys. I put a picture of the the my wall in the Discord, though. So there's your incentive to go check it out. Um, so that's all we have for the Halloween update. I hope soon we can talk about the Halloween 2019 that's supposedly being written. That announcement cannot be far off. You know, they, they're not going to let that go unchecked, you know? No, I Cause think... Because the new movie's out. They'll let it marinate for a couple weeks, and then they'll be like... It did so well. We're already working on a sequel over at Plumhouse, baby. Yeah, Hell I'd yeah. say by like December at the latest, we're gonna start getting news about uh, okay. the next one. <laughs> and we'll have the Blu-ray by January. I hope. Yeah, so that'd be cool. awesome because I want to pick that up for sure. I'm interested to see what kind of extra commentary tracks and stuff they're gonna have on that because I'd love to hear some of the insight into that one. Right. So. That's going to do it for the Halloween update this week, you guys. So, segment one. We uh, are working these questions in. So, Beanie Boy asked, what horror franchise do us dudes think need reboots? And then Scion Games said, what plot would we want for those? So, our next two stories really tie into those questions. So, the first one is that Robert England decided to come back to play Freddy Krueger in The Goldbergs. We already talked about this. And he said, basically... That he's been protective of the characters for years, and he said no to the series creator of the Goldbergs. But then uh, he got a fan letter that was beautiful that said how much A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 meant to the fan. And then he started thinking about his fans, and he was like, ah, I just got to come, come back and do it <laughs> one more time. And then on top of that, 
a bloody disgusting had some sort of blurb from another website earlier today where he said with how well Halloween's doing, he knows that Warner Brothers will bring back Nightmare on Elm Street, but that they want to do like a new franchise deal out of it. And he said he'd be willing to come back for one more movie, but he couldn't do a whole franchise, yeah. which is what we want, right? Right. I mean, you wouldn't really want him to be still have the mantle for like five movies because I mean, he's he's getting up there. I mean, he could still probably do it, but I I think he probably wouldn't want to do it in his older age, you know, do five movies, sign on to all that, especially after he's already yeah. done so many of them already. I get it. Like, I don't want a bunch of movies with old... Like, he, he speaks, and Freddy is his face, you know? Right. It's different than Michael Myers, where you could really put anyone under the mask, and it would work out probably just fine as long as they actually tried a little right, bit. Right, exactly. Like, you could put... Or a, same with Jason. You could put a 20-year-old under the Michael Myers suit and have him be a 40-year-old... 60 year old guy and it's like okay whatever (laughs) so uh hopefully he does come back i I, and as far as a plot would go obviously we just kind of talked about it send off like send off freddy pass the torch we've talked about this on another episode how we would continue the franchise i think it's pretty funny um i think one plot that would be really interesting to take this um the nightmare on street series would be the unused peter jackson script for nightmare six which okay was basically that at this point in time it's like set kind of in the future or present day i guess at this point and freddie is kind of forgotten by all the kids on elm street he's like very much weakened and kids go to sleep on purpose to beat the shit out of him in their dreams and so (laughs) he's at this like super weakened state and he's just become this huge joke and people dream on purpose to go fight him and beat him up and then he eventually is able, through, like, his last bit of will, kill one kid, and then the fear kind of starts to spread, and he gains strength throughout the movie and goes back on his killing rampage and kind of gets revenge on all these kids. So okay. that would be a really cool idea, and that would be an easy way to incorporate Robert England, where you could have him play the, like, old, forgotten, beat-up Freddy in the beginning and then transition it into whoever the new new one is. Like, make him younger. Right. That, that'd be cool. Right. I would see that. That'd be awesome. That's that's uh, how I would so, take it. I think that would be the best way to, to bring him back. And it'd be a, a good send-off for Robert Englund, so it'd make sense for him to be, like, the old, kind of, you know, forgotten Freddy, and then we can slowly introduce the new one. Right. So next up on here, we have some even crazier news than that. Uh, <laughs> Brad, over at Bloody Disgusting, had this exclusive story today where... He announced a new Friday the 13th reboot was might be coming soon from producer LeBron James. LeBron which, James. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> He's working on um, bringing back Space Jam, which, you know, seems like in his wheelhouse. And I know LeBron James is a fan of Friday the 13th, surprisingly. Like, he had Nikes that were custom-made to have Jason on them before. And he's posted on his Instagram driving around in a Jason mask. But, like, it is weird. And he's working with... He has a company called Spring Hill Entertainment. And they're talking with Vertigo Entertainment, which I guess would be distributed through New Line. And basically, the thing that is spurring this is Halloween's big opening weekend, obviously. And the cooler thing is that Vertigo is also behind the adaptation of It that came out last year. Uh, They also did The Strangers and The Grudge and The Ring. So it's like, those are all pretty solid movies. But that kind of like opens up the possibility for Freddy and Jason to continue to stay in the same universe. I think New Line owns Leatherface now, which we talked about a few months ago. So it's all kind of coming together. I don't really know how they'll be able to use Adult Jason because... Sean Cunningham and uh, Victor Miller, right after we talked about last week them probably settling, uh, there was an appeal filed on the lawsuit. (laughs) Just making this overly complicated lawsuit even more complicated. Right. I don't know. I don't want to put too much stock in this. Just It seems too comical to be real. You know, like, no no offense to LeBron James, but, like, I don't know, stay in your lane, I kind of think, like... I mean, I think if he's producing it, mainly just raising funds, and he's a fan of it, and he can kind of talk it up, I think that's fine, I guess. Like, but I'm I, biased as shit. I want 
the producer to be Brian Turry. Well, like obviously. Jason Blum <laughs> yeah. and Brian Turry. Like, like it'd be it'd be way better. That than seems him. perfect. Yeah. The the guys who just made Halloween brought it back, made it scary again, revitalized it, gave the fans everything they wanted. That's who you'd want to be handling the Friday the thirteenth stuff, but I don't want Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the thirteenth to end up in the conjuring universe either because <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this last week, but the trailer for The Curse of La Llorona came out. That's a new new line in Warner Brothers movie that's directed by the guy who's directing The Conjuring 3. So I guess it's like his practice round. And they're not even hiding that it's a Conjuring movie. It takes place in 1973, I think. It takes place like four years after Annabelle. And they show this priest in the trailer who mysteriously isn't on IMDb for this movie. <laughs> and the priest is the priest from Annabelle. And the movie looks like it takes place pretty close to Los Angeles. I couldn't tell completely. So it's like they're not even trying to hide that this is yet another movie that they're putting out that takes place in the Conjuring universe. So I really hope they don't try and tie Freddy and Jason and Leatherface into that stuff. <laughs> it's just getting out of hand. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. That, the nun that, really fucked with me, dude. <laughs> that would be really dumb to do that, I think. But um, I don't know. It It seems like... They will take any excuse to put anything in the Conjuring universe because they know if they put that uh, tag on there, then it makes a bunch of money. Right. So I wouldn't put it past them, but it seems like that would be not what anybody would want. <laughs> a big mistake. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on this. Obviously, it just seems a little fishy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's. It seems like a. It's weird. It's a very weird story. <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> It's just it wasn't something that I. I mean, was he's expecting. got the money, I guess, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it seems like he can spend it. It just is like not something you'd ever expect to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's like Blumhouse just did an incredible job bringing back Halloween, so let's bring back Friday the Thirteenth with LeBron James. It's like <laughs> no. <laughs> Like, what does no. he know about this? Give it to the people who know how to bring the franchises back. Like, you guys don't know shit. You can't even fucking get a DC movie right. They just delayed Wonder Woman, too. It's like, oh, my God, dude. Yeah, Warner Brothers War- is, is kind of a mess other than the, the Conjuring They're universe, so which is even hit or still miss. pretty they, hit or miss. I feel like they just get lucky. <laughs> like, I, like, the Conjuring 1 and 2 are great because they have James Wan working on them. But for some reason, they can't get him to come back for the third one, which is just irritating like just wait i don't know if it's them putting them on a schedule like you have to release one every three years or what yeah but or if he just doesn't want to do it it's like commit dude make three movies like (laughs) then move on it just it's i hate that it really bothers me that he's not coming back for the third one yeah it just it it seems like a mistake and (laughs) Warner Brothers, the people in charge of the Conjuring universe, obviously, like, you'd think they'd learn. You'd think they'd fucking learn what makes a good Conjuring movie. But they clearly have no clue. Well, they <laughs> all make the a nun. ton of money. I mean, The Nun was made the most money out of any like Conjuring Venom. movie ever, so... <laughs> and, like, I don't want to dump all over The Nun, but it's just, like, it completely missed the point of what a Conjuring movie is. It's... The, the scares are important, and having... Well... Even if it was all about the scares, they still fucked that up by making sure that Valak was only in two scenes. It felt like they were seriously setting up a, a nun sequel where they'll actually focus on the nun. Yeah, it's which like, is I don't give a crap lame. about this little kid with a snake. <laughs> like, who cares? Like, fuck that. So, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of weird I'm salty. There I'm, like, really Warner salty Brothers. about this, dude. Like, Fred... Whatever this Friday the 13th reboot is, it's going to be a mess. I can already tell. It's just that that franchise has just unfortunately been so driven into the ground. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. these lawsuits don't help at all. It's going to just be splitting it up even further. So it's just... I hope it's good. I'm going to cover it, obviously, because <laughs> people care. But it's just a bummer. Yeah. It's... I have much more faith in Nightmare on Elm Street coming back the right way. Yeah, I mean, it all it all just depends on the people who are involved in it. If they know the series well and they are, you know, like it a lot and they're willing to put the time into making it good and they understand what's good about the franchise and what's bad about it and focus on the good stuff, they can bring it back. If not, then it's going to They should hire bad. our boy <laughs> Brett Simmons to do the Friday the 13th one because uh, he made an incredible Friday the 13th movie with You Might Be the Killer. Yeah, and a That's month just with my a two small cents. budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's insane so next up on here 
uh, searching, which George and I both saw, but I'm not. Did we do an episode on that? I don't think we talked about it. No. I think you you talked about it after you saw it, but I saw it too, and I re- I loved it. I thought it was great. It's the same producer from Unfriended, so everyone was like, "Oh, they're copying Unfriended." It's like no. It's the same same guy. He's got more money from Sony, you know? Right. But anyways, that's coming out on DVD and Blu-ray November 27th, and it arrives digitally on November 13th. It's got a bunch of special features. That's cool. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to buy it, but, like, I'll rent this movie again. I want to see it again to see if, like, the clues make it worse or better. Yeah, I thought that the plot of this was actually very interesting, and the gimmick of using the computer as the point of view for the viewer actually worked really well in this better than the first unfriended. And I'd say about as well as unfriended too. Um, but I really liked this movie. I thought it was great. Yeah. It was a very interesting thriller. Good plot. John Cho was great in it. Um, yeah, I really liked that movie. Why don't you buy a dinner first? Uh, <laughs> I went to Halloween horror, horror nights over the weekend and we were going to, we didn't get the skip the line passes because I'm not paying $200 for that. Right. Like, sorry. It's, it's stupid. And um, so we went on Stranger Things, which was awesome. We went on Halloween 4, which was great. And then we went, we were going to go on Poltergeist, but the line was again two hours. So we were like, uh, I don't know. So on the way back up to the top lot, we were like, oh, let's go on the Blumhouse one. The Blumhouse Presents one. Like, how bad can that be? It was Trick or Treat, or not Trick or Treat, it was Truth or Dare and Unfriended 1. Uh-huh. And then an original concept called The Girl. So the first room was Truth or Dare, and they picked smart. They went with the cathedral. And spoilers, the the people acting in it was the guy cutting out his tongue and the guy slitting his own throat. Okay. So that was actually really cool. And then the Unfriended one was also cool because even though I don't like that movie, I remember the kills from it. And you, it was just going through each teen's bedroom. And there was an actor dressed up as them dying. Oh, that's kind of cool. So, like, they had the girl with the curling iron in her, in her throat mm-hmm. and, like, the guy with the thing in his eye and everything. So, that was cool. But the best part was, you know, the teaser that plays before Blumhouse movies with the room with, with the, the spinning chair? chair? Yeah. They, they, they put that in the haunted house. Oh, really? And they had, like, the demon girl and, like, a devil. It was awesome. And it was actually the scariest one. Like, the jump scares were just so good. That does sound really It was really, cool. really good. Uh, yeah, I was like, I'm so glad we did this. It was great. <laughs> Trick or Treat was more like a museum. And so was Halloween 4. It was just, like, cool being in those movies. Right. Like, I sent you a picture of Halloween 4, and they had the gas station. Yeah, which is like, awesome. Perfect. A cool yeah. little, uh, I don't know if you call that a reference or an Easter egg, but... It was cool. It yeah. definitely looked like it was uh, paid a lot of attention to detail for all that. Right. So go check out Searching on November 27th. <laughs> Next up on here, uh, I left this out last week because I was mad about Fear Fest. <laughs> but George, you put it in. So Fear Fest is back. It's been going on. And they have a Hellraiser marathon and a Friday the 13th marathon. So this week, you can see... Halloween 4, The Omen, Exorcism of Emily Rose, Fright Night, Halloween 4 and 5 again, Halloween 1, Trick or Treat, and and 13 Ghosts. So, that's pretty cool. The times are all online. I'm not going to read those off. (laughs) Then, Friday the 26th, they've got Annabelle, Eli Roth's History of Horrors, the slasher ones. they got Hellraiser. Oh, they're doing all the direct-to-DVD ones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Revelations, Bloodline, Inferno, Hellseeker, Hellworld, Hell on Earth. It's going to be... <laughs> I want the day off on Friday. I'm going to bring my iPad to work and leave this on while I'm editing. Damn, that's funny. Okay, so you can check those out. Then Sunday. Sunday. The Are they taking the day off? So the on Saturday, Saturday one I left out because it was half not... <laughs> Friday the 13th movies. So they're starting the Friday the 13th movies, one, two, three, at like the end of the day, Saturday, and then Sunday they're picking it up with Final Chapter, New Beginning, Jason Lives, New Blood, Manhattan, and then Ghost Final Chapter is really good. Do you like that one? Uh, yeah. Final Chapter, I think, is my favorite in the series. Yeah, that one's like a great movie. Genuinely. But it's cool that they actually have a couple legit serious marathons again it seemed like they were kind of straying away from that 
in the past few years, so it's good to see that they actually have a whole series of movies that they're going to try to play them all together yeah. like that. And then I watched the Zombies episode of Eli Roth's History of Horror because obviously that was going to be the first one because The Walking Dead. It was really good. They got a Ryan Turek on there. They had some cool George Romero tributes. Uh, I thought it was worth watching. It came on again the next day, and I was like, okay, like, all right. <laughs> I'm going to watch Freddy vs. Jason now. But it was worth watching that first episode. I'm going to check out the Slashers yeah, one for sure. The, it seems, yeah, the Slashers is a two-part one, so it seems like they're going to go in-depth. I saw they're doing interviews with um, uh, Robert England at least, is in there, and I'm sure there's going to be a couple other. John Carpenter probably is going to be part of it too. So. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, that'll be cool um, to see like a kind of more in-depth look at all those, you know. I'm not sure. I didn't see the first one. Is Eli Roth any any good at interviewing people? Um, It's not really interviewing. They just cut to him, like, complimenting okay. people most of the time. Okay. He'd be like, yeah, like, this part in this movie, I loved it. It's like, <laughs> okay, I get what you're going for here. They just It's just a lot of people talking about zombies, really. It's like uh, the, the zombies one was split up into... Da- all the Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, okay. All the Night Living Dead. And then... So yeah, it was broken up into those movies, and then they would just play blurbs from people. Okay. And Eli Roth was there. And, <laughs> he was just uh, it was out. cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they said some cool stuff about Day of the Dead that made me appreciate that movie a little bit more. I thought that was kind of cool because that movie's okay. I don't think it's great. I think it's pretty okay. But they interviewed Tom Savini a lot, which I thought was sick. Yeah, that guy is a wealth of information. One of the all-time great. Uh, special effects guys ever. I mean, he's the only reason that the Prowler is any good because the kills are so interesting in the Prowler, but I digress. Yeah, uh, that's like half the Friday the 13th movies, too. You could say that about Yeah, exactly. I just, I, I, I hope The Walking Dead... I used to love The Walking Dead. Like, seriously, the last two seasons... Or the last season is when I fell off, and now I just, I just don't like it anymore, and I wish that AMC's Fear Fest wasn't AMC's The Walking Dead plus some movies. Like, it's it's insane how much I flip on YouTube TV, and it's always AMC, The Walking Dead. It's like, I want to fucking watch The Walking Dead. I don't want to come into a show in the middle of it. Like It does seem like a weird choice, because why would anybody who's unfamiliar with the show, or even people who have seen the show, just want to pick it up at like, oh yeah, I love season four, episode seven. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, dude. Walking Dead, The Obliged. Oh, fuck. I want to watch that. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, totally. Oh, it's, it's 20 minutes in? I can miss even more of it? Hell yeah. Sign me up. This show where it's one like, thing I happens get... every four episodes? I can't wait to watch <laughs> the middle of this one for 20 minutes. <laughs> they really took the Fear of the Walking Dead out to the ranch, too, on this one. I haven't seen that on any of the lists. No, I think that's universally pretty disliked by uh, critics. <laughs> yeah, so AMC's Fear Fest. It's just been... Not a nosedive for the past decade, it feels like. <laughs> but, the- but they deleted their Twitter, so I'm no longer blocked by them. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they're pumping more money into Shutter now, so that's good at least. Diverting yeah, the cash the- flow to where it needs Shutter's to go. Shutter's got some good shit. So next up on here, John Krasinski, the man, the myth, the Jim Halpert, is writing the sequel to A Quiet Place, which is coming out on May 15th. 2020 and he said i had this small idea for a sequel but i didn't think it would go anywhere so i just said to the studio just go do the movie with somebody else but then he said they heard some pitches i told andrew the producer about this little idea and he told me hey buddy think about it just a little bit longer and then i thought this might really work so i'm currently writing the sequel so i inflected a lot on that i'm sorry it sounds like uh they got pitches and they were like wow these all suck. This <laughs> like, Quiet Place 2 is going to be really bad if we don't get John Krasinski to come back in and write it. So, uh, Dog, please come back. So they came back, and they were like, what was that little idea? And he's like, uh, it's just like this thing. And they're like, please, think about it. For the love of God, they're like, think about it. <laughs> he's like walking out. He's like, you guys won't ruin my franchise, right? And they're like, we won't ruin your franchise. He's like... You're not going to ruin my franchise, right? They're like, no, 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 we're good. Like a week later, they're like, we're going to ruin your franchise. You got to come back. Please just write a new script. Come on, dude. Like, help us out. I mean, that's that's what I'm getting from this conversation was. <laughs> you ruined my franchise, you fuck. <laughs> that they really needed him to come back because 
it seems like he's the only person that knows how to tackle this universe. And not that it even he's needs cracking, any He's expansion. cracking his knuckles. Yeah, but... I don't know. It's weird. I think we've, we've talked about this a few times, and I don't really have any decent idea for a sequel to this, other than you basically make the same movie, but in a different location, mm. and you don't have them cross over at all, because there's no point in having them cross over. The whole point is that they're isolated. So I think they should do one with a deaf girl. I mean, a blind girl, not a deaf girl. They already did a deaf girl. Oh, Let's like- have a... They they can't hear, but she can't see. No, they can hear. The monsters can hear. It was the deaf girl who couldn't hear. Did I see this movie? Yeah, I saw Did it you? three times. <laughs> the deaf girl... The monsters were really good at hearing. That was right. the whole thing. The monsters are blind. So, I think it'd be funny, actually challenging, if uh, there was a blind girl, or human, that had to fight off these monsters. That would be kind of an interesting look at the different... Um, like differently abled people going against the monsters with yeah just keep casting disabled actors like keep giving them your Michael Bay money spend his money on people who don't frequently get acting chops on your weird universe of Cloverfield bat ripoffs yeah it'd be it's that's kind of an interesting way to take it and think of that but yeah that'd be kind of cool I'd, I'd definitely check that out I want to see a blind girl post up with a weird bat. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? You know, it seems like that's within the realm of possibilities. Yeah, so in other weird news, Sci-Fi is remaking Killer Clowns from Out of Space and Critters, and they're making them feature films, which is awesome. So we already knew Sci-Fi was doing this. We talked about this a long time ago. Uh, they were going to remake Leprechaun, or bring it back as Leprechaun Returns, which is a feature film that comes out in March of 2019. Normally, I'd be like, uh, this is not going to have a great budget. But you've seen stuff like Blumhouse's Into the Dark, and if they can match that or exceed that in quality, I think this could be pretty cool. Yeah, it's weird that these sci-fi movies are actually coming out kind of decent now. Yeah. I wouldn't really expect that since they've had a long history of doing basically Sharknado-type B-movies with terrible effects, and they're just there to be kind of cheese you put on in the background but right. um i don't know like these are pretty kind of cult beloved uh, critters i would say is probably a little bit more like accepted amongst pop culture than uh killer Clowns is a bit more cult but uh i mean it's it's a cool idea if they're willing to get the right people which it seems like they're getting a lot of decent budget and people who know what they're doing so I could see this coming out as pretty decent. I agree. Um, I'll watch them. Like, it's free. I have YouTube TV, so if something shows up on sci-fi, I will watch it. You can also watch You Might Be the Killer for free on there, so if it's the quality of that, then I'm fine with it. Right, yeah, because that was awesome. That was my favorite movie we saw at Telluride, and that was (laughs) funded by them. So if they get the same kind of crew together to do a Killer Clowns and our Critters, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and this is a good time to answer a fan of the show, friend of the show, Luke Jagger's question. He asked us what we think is the most overrated horror franchise. For him, it's either Child's Play or Candyman. He likes Bride of Chucky, but that's the extent of his fandom. And when it comes to Candyman, he's never just understood the hype for it. He said, love listening to the show. Thanks, guys. Aw, thanks, Luke. Um, You go first, George, on this one. So, I would probably agree that Child's Play is most overrated. Um, I I think if you're looking at just even the slashers, I think Child's Play is the least consistent, where it, it's like for every one decent movie you get, there's four bad ones. And, okay. Because like really the only ones I like in the Child's Play series are, I think one is a great concept, and it's executed pretty well. But scary. It's scary. I think it's scary. But I don't, and it shows from all the sequels, I don't think that idea has enough legs to carry it for like 10, 15 movies. I think it's right. too, it just doesn't have a lot of avenues. It's always going to be the same story told over and over again. I don't Right, because it's one character. Exactly. I think Child's Play 3 is okay with uh, Andy at the military school. I think there's actually some kind of fun scenes there. Um, Bride of Chucky is probably like the second best in the series but 
that's like when they completely fall into the whole like this is a comedy horror series. And yeah, I like to... Bride of Chucky. Yeah, and and I think that does the whole it does a good balancing act of both making it funny and having like good decent kills and being a horror movie. Um, but other than those uh, ones, uh, what was the Curse of Chucky? When they that brought was it back. the re- most recent one was Cult. Yeah, Curse. And then Curse was the one. Curse that was pretty it back. decent. I thought Curse was all right, but yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't think that's it's okay. It's okay. Like I don't think that series. I, I I don't think the character is really like that good in comparison to any of the other slasher villains. Like you know, the the joke is always like there's a doll, like a killer doll, just kicking across the room or whatever, and it's like that. Like yeah, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> like, like, I don't know. It's... I, I would rather. I want to see a similar like movie where Brad Dourif is the villain, but kind of is the same character. I just I watched Rob Zombie's Halloween two, and like Brad Dourif is fucking cool looking. He's just, like a cool looking guy. He plays Sheriff Bracken in that. And he has like long hair. He just looks like a badass. I'd love to see that dude play a serial killer. Yeah, you know, like if Chucky like the, could get his body back. The new Charles then they don't. Have, oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, like they don't have to spend all this money with this animatronic doll that looked like ass in uh, fucking Cult of Chucky. It looked terrible. It's like just get Brad Dourif in. You already ruined the franchise by giving Chucky what he's been going for for every single movie off screen. Like, where do you take it somewhere cool? Like, bring us Brad Dourif as Charles Lee Ray. Like, get him his body back. That'd be sick, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be really. He's cool. still voicing him. Yeah, I didn't think I of that know. at all, but that would be actually a really cool way to take it. Would you do you agree that that's your least favorite, most overhyped? Uh, I'm gonna say The Exorcist because there's a group of people out there who are like, if you haven't seen The Exorcist, The Heretic, you, <laughs> you just three? don't know horror. Exorcist three. I think it's three, and then there's the one. I think it's four where they they shot the whole movie. And then it didn't make money, so then they kept like some of the actors and reshot it like frame by frame, <laughs> and just changed a few actors. And then, well, surprise, it didn't make any money. But there's people who go to bat for that entire franchise. Like I think The Exorcist Two is pretty good. Obviously, The Exorcist is a masterpiece, but The Exorcist Two is solid. It has that cool shot of the 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 demon in white walking behind the lady with the sword. Right. That's a cool shot. Cool. That's a cool story. Um, it has the Pazuzu stuff. But, I don't know. The Exorcist 3 and 4, it's just like a... Whatever. Like, Sorry, I just don't <laughs> care. There's, a, there's like 500 other better possession movies, you know, yeah, at this point. Right. And I, like, it's, it's weird to me that The Exorcist is on a very similar track to Psycho. And Psycho gets, like, no love, but the Psycho sequels are, for the most part, pretty good. Yeah, that's actually you know, what the- I was going to say, that I think the most underappreciated series is actually the Psycho <laughs> series, because they have four, I think, and three of them are pretty damn good, and the third yeah. one is just kind of okay, but, like... <laughs> Tom Holland, I think, directed two. And Tom Holland directed Child's Play and Fright Night, that's, like, his stuff. So, Psycho 2 is fucking awesome. I love Psycho 2. Yeah, the Psycho series is actually great. way, way good, and no one talks about it. So that's like, I think that's probably the most underappreciated. And then when Luke brought up Candyman, I don't really, is that a franchise? I think there's I think like there two are, movies. I think there are three of them. Oh, okay. So I haven't even seen the other two, but I think the first one is incredibly scary. I don't know. <laughs> like, I think that's the, a cool the character. Idea, oh my God. Yeah, he's fucking just cool. The soundtrack is also awesome. That's a Clyde just Parker the, the setting. picture, right? Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah, the Cabrini Green stuff in Chicago. Like, I'm sure that was, when that was timely, that movie was terrifying because it took place in a real setting, which is cool. It had a very um, timely, I guess, story with him being a slave who slept with the daughter of a plantation owner and then he got lynched and they put honey on him and then bees killed him and that's why he's got the bee thing going on and it's kind of has that phantom of the opera vibe where he's gonna he doesn't kill the main girl but he's like trying to indoctrinate her and bring her back to his realm and that shot i I always think about that one shot of like his open mouth through that hole in the wall well, yeah, that, but the, you know the graffiti of his face, oh, yeah. and then there's a hole in the wall that goes to her the mirror, and it's like his mouth. Right. Uh, that's like iconic. And just like 
the whole the whole like fur coat thing he just like tony todd looks like a fucking badass in that movie he's he's scary and it's like the organ i don't know i think Candyman won i think it's earned its hype but the sequels must be bad because i don't hear anyone talk about them <laughs> yeah the first one definitely has that it's just dripping with that like clive barker kind of aura to yeah. it and it and it works it's like i'd say it's up there with hellraiser one in terms of like clive barker's work yeah, you guys are lucky that uh, Oculus never got a sequel, so I can't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Hush, either. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was a good question, Luke. Thanks yeah, a thank lot. You. Uh, that was a great question. You get a, you get a star. You get a gold <laughs> star. Um, so, last on here, our friend of the show, Danielle Million, asked us to talk about the Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery remake trailer. So, the cool thing about this Pet Cemetery movie is that it's from the directors of Starry Eyes, which, George, me and you have been beating Starry Eyes drum since it came out. I think the movie came out like 2013 or something crazy. It's old. Yeah, I mean, we saw it pretty much right when it released, and I even, I think it's kind of now coming around. I've seen a little, couple more people talk about it, but that's kind of under the radar for a lot of people. 2014, Starry Eyes came out. Uh, I love Starry Eyes also. I have that pin of the Estrada... Um, the the film company yeah. in it. I have their logo. It's a really cool movie. But I watched this trailer, and I think the aesthetic is good. I think it's cool that Jason Jason Clark is for some reason having a huge comeback right now. Yeah. Between Winchester, uh, Overlord, and now this, mm-hmm. and it. I mean, it looks like a modern remake of Pet Cemetery. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's really. a slightly different take on the story. It, like um, one of the things I saw right off the bat that was kind of interesting was. Uh, when we have that montage of them talking about the graveyard in the forest and how it's evil, there's all those little yeah. kids in the animal masks. Yeah, what is that about? I was going to ask you, is that something from like the book or what? I never read the book. I've only seen the, the original it. movie, but... Um, George! <laughs> I would assume that's supposed to be some kind of representation of the people, the kids who buried their pets there or something. Um, not quite sure, but uh, I thought that was kind of a cool shot. Cinematography looks pretty great. Um, I like the color grading and just the overall look and feel of it. Um, I think it's kind of weird that they have that one kid who looks strikingly similar to the kid in the original one. Did you notice that? Yeah, uh, yeah, that was weird. But that was cool, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely... The kid looks a lot like him. Um, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of the first Pet Cemetery. I think that it's alright. It scared the shit out of me when I was little. I think Zelda I remember, I is saw terrifying. It. Yeah, but I, I watched it last year on Blu-ray. Me and you had a conversation about this that I remember vividly for some reason. It has good parts, but the actual movie doesn't really hold up. It's too long. Yeah, I I think... I, I get why it has a following, and I don't think it's a bad movie, but just I don't think it's that great either. I think there are some right. cool, there's cool stuff in it, but I just don't know if it's... Like a, I like that this new one is seems very grounded. You know, they're not going to have to pull off a lot of CGI. Uh, again, the fact that they cast that young, really pretty girl as Zelda just... And then they're, they're, they're being kind of, like, standoffish about it. They're like, <laughs> it's more like the book. If you've actually read it, you know <laughs> that uh, Zelda's not supposed to be a 21-year-old male playing a female. Just, <laughs> just so you guys know, it's like come the fuck on it's like that right shit. but that's like, scary that, the hell that out was of scary like, in yeah. the first one. <laughs> it was scary in the first one if you just copied it for this one it'd be just as scary i saw our boy uh camera viscera oh yeah going off on this on twitter <laughs> he's like as soon as this was announced i knew people were gonna start saying like oh it's not that good like it's not that scary zelda doesn't need to be scary it's like you are never gonna get anything scarier than that zelda it's like yeah yeah dude i feel you it's like uh I just, I don't know. I like the font. I like the title <laughs> treatment. I like the cool blue background with it. I think it's shot, the trailer was shot well. It looks like Pet Cemetery. The jump scare with the truck made everyone in my theater when we were seeing Halloween freak the hell yeah, out. Yeah, that, that, that definitely so got funny. me. Um, and that's obviously a big part of the story that that they're on a super highway, but um, I don't know. I Is there a dog? No, the kid dies. No, I know that, but is there a dog I can make a joke about it making it to the end with? Um, I mean, there might be. There might be a dog. There's a cat. 
there's a dog this is a tangent there's a dog in halloween 2 that makes it to the end no he actually makes it all the way through the movie <laughs> my well he doesn't you don't see him at the end but michael it's in during the he's not explicitly at the killed in the movie <laughs> he's the dog barks at michael and michael walks the other way it's like <laughs> shit i thought i was gonna be able to make that joke again <laughs> if you guys don't know what i'm talking about in my one good scare videos i don't know how this became a thing but anytime there's a dog i go oh there's a dog i bet he'll make it to the end and then i cut really quick to the part where the dog gets killed and uh people seem to find it funny which i was kind of nervous about the first time <laughs> i did it <laughs> but uh you ever seen pet cemetery 2 george no i have not seen pet cemetery 2 i don't hate it i think it's pretty crazy it, it just you know like you know the difference between reanimator and reanimator 2 yeah where reanimator 2 is just like totally zany and like they're bringing back whoever it's very similar okay. to that it's like they're just like we'll bury anyone in this hole <laughs> it's like it's crazy yeah, it's like whoever they like can this, get and they just bring back this kid's mom like <laughs> it's fucking wild dude <laughs> you should watch that we should watch that for an episode that would be kind of fun to to look back on something like that cool so hope you found that answer satisfactory danielle looks pretty good uh, overall yeah Seven out of ten trailer for me. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I'd say like a seven, a seven five. I'm excited to see it. All right, guys, we're back from our quick break, and this week we're talking about Gareth Evans' Apostle. And Gareth Evans is the guy who directed uh, The Raid, right, George? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so that's why it's notable. It's a new Netflix movie. It stars our boy Dan Stevens, our really good friend Dan Stevens. <laughs> we hang out all the time. Like, me and him, we just guzzle back gin, talk about cigars and paper. All the uh, time. The plot is, in 1905, Dan Stevens goes on a dangerous mission to rescue his kidnapped sister... Uh, at a sinister religious cult's island. And um, I fucking love this movie, dude. I I was I went in with very skeptical. I was like, ah, oh, it's a Netflix movie. It doesn't matter that it's a good creator because we've seen it time and time again. Yeah. <laughs> they give too much creative control. But I thought it was really good. I think it's one of the better Netflix horror movies. Okay, If not, that's fair. like, the best one. So... The idea of like going to a religious cult to rescue someone might bring a movie to mind featuring Nicolas Cage called The Wicker Man. And the reason I think this movie is good is because it's basically like what The Wicker Man wanted to be, but it has a better filmmaking aspect and some brutal action scenes. Because, you know, you think about The Raid, Redemption, you're like, oh, some sick fight scenes. And while this movie is slower for the most part than that, obviously, because it's not a dude fighting his way up a building, it's a... Uh, it has some really solid action. Yeah, the fight choreography is actually really good. Um, a lot of a lot of poles going through people. Yeah, the fight fights and the gore are very well done, in my opinion. Um, it has one of the most like scary on screen deaths I've ever seen, where a guy gets stabbed mul- like through his body multiple times by a spear, by, by a bunch of spears and he dies on those spears I, that was just terrifying to me and there's another there's another kill that you've probably seen in the trailers that involves a drill that is just oh my oh, god that's like that brutal. was yeah they don't even they don't even show you the whole thing they just show the drill go about you know it gets skin deep and then they just do sound effects and they shoot up from the the character's feet and you, you see the guy just twisting that drill and you're like oh it's fucking gross uh that was horrifying yeah, that was dude. really well done as well that really scared the shit out of me. <laughs> um, I so when I when I was watching the first half, I was like, okay, I really hope this like goes somewhere. Like they're doing a lot of setup. I hope it pays off. And what this island turns out to be, and why, and who, or what these people are worshiping, I thought was so cool. I thought it was like, I, I was like in my wildest dreams. I was like, I hope it goes here, and then it went there, and I was like, that's awesome. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but I really like what this movie reveals to be the whole crux of the island, I would say. Yeah, I think that is, it's a cool reveal, and it's like a cool, 
thing to base the cult around, but I feel like this movie tried to do too many things and was kind of bloated. Like okay, um, I feel like it was just too long. They it starts off pretty slow. Um, it just felt like they were trying to do too much. Like it starts with a rescue mission where guy goes to this cult and he's kind of doing some espionage. He's hiding. He's you know trying to stay out of the sight. He's trying. Yeah, to I not- really like that when he's like mapping out the town and who lives where. He's like drawing his little map. It felt like a very video gamey, kind of like Resident Evil Seven. You know where you're you're slowly working your way through this constrained space but there's a lot in that space and he's like slowly piecing it together what's going on there and there's but there's definitely a character sh- in this movie that is straight out of a resident evil game yeah and there's a totally. scene with him that is there's like a layer that he visits in the third act of the movie that is basically a video game level i yeah i don't know i really liked it i thought it tied i thought it all interwove like really well together that's why that's why the plot works so well for me because it's like i think on its own the rescue plot is kind of just like all right we've seen this before like the wicker man but it weaves in and out with the island he comes to the island at a pivotal point where they could either go on for years to come or fall apart and he gets there just as things start to break down. So I liked that the movie was, you know, relying on me to pay attention to the fact that he's not only searching for his sister, but he's also trying to figure out the politics and what actually is going on on this island. And you're slowly realizing over time that things are like way more dire than they initially appeared. And that upped the stakes for me. So by the time the ending was rolling around, like that last sequence, I thought was like so good. I was like, oh, I'm all in on this. I want to see him find his sister, you know, get off the island and all that stuff. I felt like that too, but I think that it would have been better served to focus more on the cult and their goals, how they got founded or whatever, some more background on that. Because I think there's a lot of stuff going on in the island that could, that, that it just adds to too much. There's like a power coup going on, there's a pregnancy subplot, there's... A romantic subplot there's uh like festival going on like there's a lot of stuff going on that i think detract from kind of the overall goal of the cult and that's what i thought was the most interesting part of the movie well i liked how so the way that the pregnancy plot ties into the coup is how the guy overtakes the other guy I'm trying to be very vague here. So I liked that they added in all those elements, but then tied them into the overall plot. It wasn't just like, oh, this girl's pregnant. And like, he, she has a boyfriend, but like, you can't have sex because you're not married. I like that they did something with it. Like, they used that to tie into the climax of the movie. I wish that there were more flashback scenes showing how the cult got there and how like, they interfaced with the power on the island. Yeah, I think that more, is basically what I was looking for. Like, I'd like to see more of that background information or how it got founded, that kind of stuff, because that would be... I think that is a cool character and is an interesting, you know, core of the movie that I wanted more information on. Um, yeah, I was surprised at how much they showed that character and that character's minion. Yeah. I thought that, that character's minion was really cool. Yeah, well, this, I think... I think the characters are extremely well designed. I think that the it works extremely well as a period piece. Everything clothing wise looks cool. There's those uh, the cult executions with the huge black hoods that I think looked awesome. With mm-hmm. uh, the guards in the town that were like oh yeah the like black KKK robes yeah, <laughs> yeah those were really creepy dude yeah like just really it... creepy KKK robes and like the town militia with the Billy sticks is wearing like kind of Cockney England leather garb with like <laughs> i thought they looked pretty cool and yeah the character design is all i thought great it was extremely well acted too i don't think there was any person in this movie that was bad uh i think that one subplot that could have been actually explained better was their hatred for the for england you know because it i get why they wouldn't want to be a part of england and there's a whole subplot of like spies from England infiltrating at the same time as Dan Stevens, and that one doesn't really go anywhere. I, I don't think it's like. Am I? From what I inferred, I think it's just for religious freedom because they want to. Right. 
you know, have their own thing where the main guy, the prophet, wrote his own Bible and, you know, wants people yeah. to follow that doctrine to the point of quizzing people or you die. Like, uh, so I just feel like that that's probably what their most core beliefs yeah. are around is their faith and they don't want it. I don't think that needed to be in it, though. It's like I could have inferred. Like, all they have to say is, oh, yeah, England's mighty pissed that we're out here and we're real worried. You know, like, yeah. I would have been like, all right, I'll take that at face value because you're existing in the early 1900s, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I think that, like you said, it didn't really need any more. It didn't need, like, as much exposition as, as was given to it. I think it could just be, like, a throwaway line, basically, because it doesn't really yeah. matter. Another criticism I have is that for, like, the second act, stuff kind of just happens to Dan Stevens. Like, there's a real character tonal conflict where when he's alone he's you know he's like a badass he's like mapping out this town he's leveraging the people who live there to help him with by blackmailing them but then like he gets picked up at one point by the town militia and it's like for a totally innocuous reason like oh people were sneaking out at night and he just sits there and it's like and I think they were going saved for in a super like, convenient way, and like yeah, it's like they were going for some idea where it's like oh he's he's sitting back and watching because he's a watcher and a listener. It's like no, he just looks stupid because <laughs> it's like I've seen him being smart, you know. It's, it was weird, and and I thought it was weird where so they make it a point to have him have the the prophet guy be like oh I really like you Dan Stevens like to the point of like cuts his hand open and like smears his blood on him and stuff and he's like we're like. I owe you a great debt, and they never does anything with that. Like they make it a point right. to be like, yes, these two people understand each other and are like connected, and then that's never a relationship or a plot point at all in the movie. <laughs> it just kind of goes away in like the next ten minutes. Right, and also there's a character who helps Dan Stevens out, and he totally leaves that character out to dry. And it's like I don't like you set up a character that I don't think would do that. Right, like, you'd feel like he would be some guy that would really stand up for his people that helped him out, and, <laughs> like, he, I mean, his most strong relationship that he has is with his sister, and he'll do anything to save her, but at the same time, I don't think he would just kind of abandon everybody in, you know, in his quest to get his sister back, I think, like, he would try to help the people that have helped him along the way. Right, because he, he was a good guy. Right. At the end of the day, that's who they set up. But uh, for a Netflix movie, I think they're on the right track. Finally, with this one, I don't like. I don't think they're gonna pump out any other good movies. But at the, I like the score a lot in this. It's a lot of plucking strings and you know weird deep cellos and shit and like a lot of sticks hitting each other mm -hmm. for the percussion. I thought that was really cool, really dread inducing. It, it had a good tone and a good mood, a good sense of place. I think the the final scene is a little bit cheesy. Yeah. I was like, ah, okay. Like, right. <laughs> like the very, okay. very end before the credits roll. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's some bad CGI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the very last yeah, shot. Yeah. I mean, like, I, uh, I liked okay. the cinematography. I liked how it was shot. I think that the actors were great. You know, very well acted. I just think that the plot was a little bloated, and it was too long. It was like two hours and ten minutes or something. Right. It was pretty long. But at the end of the day, I gave it a four star out of five. I'd give it a... I was like... 3.5. I liked it a lot, but I just didn't think it was great. I'd give it a solid Resident Evil 4 out of ten. <laughs> and it does... Because that's what it reminded it me of. It definitely has a lot of Resident Evil 4 elements to it. So if you're a fan of that game, I think you're going to see some... Like, it has to be partially inspired by that, because there's just some scenes that yeah. are, like, ripped right from Resident Evil 4. Yeah, weirdly muscular Michael Myers gave it nothing, because he's silent. <laughs> that bastard. But that's going to wrap it up, guys, for episode 50 of Fear Frequency. Uh, remember to join our Discord server. Very simple. All you do is go to our Twitter. It's right there, at Fear Frequency. Uh, remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Remember to write into the show at podcast at Fear Frequency. Nope. Nope. Fear Frequency, Fear Frequency Podcast, podcast. at gmail.com. 
I'll just let you say that because you're the one who handles that anyway. <laughs> George will read it on the show. It'll be awesome. Uh, I don't have anything else to say. Do you, George? Uh, just you can. Did you already do our socials or just the? No, I didn't. All it's right. up to you. Yeah, uh, you can follow us at Jimmy Champagne and at George Frizzard and uh, at Fear Frequency is the Twitter for the show. Uh, we're starting to tweet a little bit more from there, and that's where you can go find the Discord server if you want to join. But um, other than that, come back next week for more horror news and reviews, and you never know who might be listening.